Hello and welcome to Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. This week here, I do have my host, Mike, with me. Hello. Hello, sir. Let's all get drunk since this is New Year's Eve. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I actually went today... My wife, my uh, mother-in-law is down visiting, and mm-hmm. she wanted to go. There's there's a brewery. There's like four of them right down the street from where we live. And so she goes, well, I want to go and try a taster over at this brewery. I says, okay, it's called Belching Beaver Brewery. If, you, if any of you are in San Diego and you have a chance, go to it. It's really good. They have a peanut butter milk stout, which sounds really gross, and it is so damn good. <laughs> oh. So wait a minute, Belching Beaver Brewery. Yep. Is Sharon Stone involved at all, or Kathy Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> I wish, but it no. Would the, it would be the Kathy Ireland reference more than the Sharon Stone one, considering National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1 had the beaver in it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wonder where Wally was in that movie. <laughs> Wally and the Beave. <laughs> oh, Father Loves Beaver. Next, unscrooged. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, th- so anyway, we you know we've had that. I've got a bottle of that peanut butter milk stout sitting in my little mini fridge here in my studio right now next to me. <laughs> uh, so we're we're basically this week we're going to cover. We're going to kind of go back thirty years, and we're going to cover some of our favorites from 1984, just to kind of close out the year. And we'll also talk about some of the things that happened here in 2014, kind of comparing them, since obviously we're doing a 30-year span. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I thought we'd kind of start off. We have to talk because 84, as far as I'm concerned, was probably one of the best years for summer blockbuster movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, there there were so many movies that came out this year that are memorable for our generation. And it's you had things like one of my favorites, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. I will admit this is probably the worst of. Well, no, this is not. No, the worst no, no. Of the this franchise. is the second worst of the four. It, it, yeah. If you're just counting it as a trilogy, yes, it's the worst. Yes. But <laughs> yes. If yes. You're counting it as a quadrology, it's the second worst. It wasn't bad though. I mean, considering that we'd had, you know, we'd had Raiders of the Lost Ark. Everybody loved Raiders of the Lost Ark, and they were clamoring for something new. I thought Short Round was great in this film. You know. The whole Molaram ripping person's heart out, that was pretty gruesome as I was a kid. And my mom, I remember her hiding my eyes from it when we saw it in at the drive-in theater. <laughs> but I have to make mention of this because my father, to this day, still gets creeped out when that scene comes up where there's all the bugs pouring out of the wall. Mm-hmm. My father, when he saw that, he would, <laughs> and just got the shivers. And that night, he had a nightmare with bugs running across his face. (laughs) So, that's my dad. What can I say? Uh, You know, I I thought it was a great film. You know, you obviously didn't think it was all that great, but, and I will go with that. But for what it was at the time, it was a great blockbuster film of the summer. Uh. We also have everybody's favorite. It's still going on. It's still going strong. We actually had a re-release here this year, uh, which, God, I wish I had been able to go to it and just didn't. (laughs) Ghostbusters. 
Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, come on. Everybody loved Ghostbusters. To this day, people of our generation still know. If you hear, we all know, and you start singing, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. You know what the interesting thing is? Because this is the 30th anniversary of the film and the franchise at this point. I actually went onto iTunes and I have the instrumental version. (laughs) I am that damn geeky, ladies and gentlemen. I actually had to go onto iTunes and get, don't get me wrong. I love, absolutely love the Ray Parker Jr. um, Sung song. So don't get me wrong. But there's just something about the instrumental. (laughs) There's just something about it. Oh, yeah. Because you know, you don't know. Like, when you first hear this opening, until it hits that, you don't know what the hell song that is. I, well, I never used to. Okay, now, there's a, there's a story about this. My wife got pissed <laughs> off at me, and she started watching. I was sitting here on my computer. I have mm-hmm. a TV that's basically about, oh, three feet from my head here. <laughs> and it faces out behind me. I can't see it when I'm sitting here on the computer looking at the computer. <laughs> She goes, I'm going to watch something. I says, okay, watch whatever the hell you want. I don't care. She turns on Ghostbusters, and I sit there with my back to her and the TV after hearing the first few notes Mm -hmm. as it starts up. And I go, why are you watching Ghostbusters? And she goes, holy shit, how do you know it didn't even come on screen yet? (laughs) I says, I'm good like that, hon. I've seen the movie umpteen million times, and I know that track. (laughs) So, I mean, there's something to be said for Ghostbusters. It is it is one of my favorite movies. I mean, and probably one of the best to come out of 1984. Uh, and, and sadly, it has one of the most hated sequels of all time. And I love Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, see, and Ghostbusters 2, it's, in my opinion, it's okay. It's not great. I would put it up there better than Temple of Doom. That's for certain. Yeah. But it's not anything like, Ooh, ooh, it, you know, one of my favorites that if I have a chance to sit down and watch it, I will. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if it's on TV, it's not like I'm going to drop everything and go, I have to watch Ghostbusters 2. I think for me, because GB2 was 89, right? Yeah. Oh, my God, that movie's 25 years old this year. Yeah. Um, wow. Um, okay, so I think with me for Ghostbusters 2, the reason why I gravitated towards it so much is because three years before, in 1986, I was at the Boston Budweiser Expo in Boston, Massachusetts, and I have photographic evidence of this, and I get to stand in front of a roped-off Ecto-1. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, a roped-off Ecto-1. And when the second movie came out, I was nine years old, and just seeing the car, seeing the... The, you know, hearing the music, seeing, you know, hearing the sirens and just seeing the car and seeing what changes they had to make to the car to advertise, we're back, they're back. I mean, that was just so friggin' cool. And no movie since then, I don't think, has ever had the Statue of Liberty walking. Yeah. Come on now. You guys, not not just you, Doug, but listeners, you got to give me that. That was pretty friggin' cool to see the Statue of Liberty walk in a film. Yeah, but you know what? She needed Nikes. <laughs> they well, just didn't make them in her size, according to Egon. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, but but Ghostbusters, the first one, um, 
it was i i truly think that movie is a a horror comedy romantic kind of cuz it it's so weird it is so weird because of the stuff going on with um Venkman and and Dana uh and then you have um Wayne Zelinsky uh being the key keeper and it's like or the, the yeah yeah. Oh, just, dude. Uh, uh, hi. I, I, I'm uh, Louis Tully. <laughs> uh, yeah. I got some stuff over here. Uh, I got some salmon. You know, normally you pay eighteen ninety five for this, but I got it for fourteen thirty eight. Oh yeah. And and this is the guy. I mean, like Rick Moranis. He's amazing. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. He absolutely is. But this is the guy that just. That same is it that same year? Make sure I have this right. Okay, maybe not. Oh, damn. He would eventually become Dark Helmet. Come on now. <laughs> like Lewis yes. Tully is Dark Helmet. Lewis Tully is um who, who else? Who else? Uh like I already mentioned, Wayne Zelinsky with, with uh, oh. Honey I Shrunk and Honey I Blew Up the Kid. Um and, and of course Strange Brew. You know, he was mm-hmm. in that with um oh god, Dave Thomas. And and they were they were Bob and Doug. Oh yeah, Canadians, eh? You know they talk about freaking Star Wars up there in Canada. Oh, oh yeah, and they drink about a lot of Labats. Yeah, <laughs> straight out of SCTV. You gotta love those guys. Yeah. Uh, but we wanted to cover that. I want to touch real quick on. I mean, like I said, there's great movies coming out. We had Karate Kid. We had Gremlins. We had the start of probably one of the biggest franchises, and it's actually slated to return in 2015. Uh, I'm not too sure about how this is going to come off, but we have the start of Schwarzenegger's really kind of start of movies with The Terminator. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got to say, I I love this movie for what it was, and again, being terrified of it because it was such... I don't want to say it was a horror film because it really wasn't, but the fact that you had a robot from the future that was chasing Linda Hamilton down to try and kill her. Yeah. And at the very end, you think that they've gotten him, and then the arm starts coming out from between the smasher trying to grab her and kill her. Mm-hmm. Still, you know. See, again, for me, it's because I, okay, I was four years old in 84, so I was a little too young like, oh yeah, I don't. I I don't think I saw Ghostbusters till eighty five, eighty six. Honestly, seriously. Yeah. I you know I don't think I saw. Uh, well, I I know I never until after the sequel came out. I never saw the original Terminator till after I saw Judgment Day. Yeah, I I was the um, same way. So don't feel bad. You know, um, you know everybody, you know. Uh, Gave me hell in 2010 for never having seen Tron, which came out two years before this year, uh, 1984 specifically. It came out in 1982, but there was a sequel coming out in 2010 or whenever it was, and I wanted to make sure I knew everything from the first one in case they did any references. So I went on and you know found it and whatever else. And um, I'm telling you that that's going to be one thing we're going to have to cover next year is Tron. Oh, at yeah. some point. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, this was the year of two of the biggest cartoon, comic, toy, game, book, any, any piece of me- music, any piece of media you can think of. 1984 was the year 
for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Transformers. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Transformers Generation 1. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, I know, you know, we'll talk about that as well, but it's one of those things where, like, um, Beverly Hills Cop came out in 84. Oh, that yeah. started a franchise. Um, one of the best Halloween movies ever came out in 84, which is Gremlins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Police Academy. Oh, God, yes. Uh, uh, oh, and we have to talk. I have to bring this up because if I don't, my wife is going to be pissed. <laughs> we have to mention Kevin Bacon. Getting so Yes. Mm-hmm. He, he was just so pissed off that the town was not allowing the dancers to go through that he had to get in his little Volkswagen bug and drive somewhere and just dance. I. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, here's the thing. Okay. I am one of those people that I go down. Like, I am the ultimate example of a person that would be in Robert's Frost poem. Um, the road less two, traveled. The, the road less. The road not taken. Yeah. Because if you put two options in front of me, I pick one and I stick with that. I don't go like I don't go back to the other one. You know what I mean? Right. And um, for me, with eighty four, and God, I hope I'm right with this. Oh damn! It was a year before. Okay, so between eighty three and eighty four. You had two dance movies. You had Footloose and you had Flashdance. Yes. Guess which path I went down. <laughs> I, I can't blame you for that. Jennifer Grey was pretty good. Uh-huh. Um, and to this day, 30 years, I have never seen Footloose, Footloose in its entirety. Never have. <laughs> You're not missing uh, I, much, I'll be I think, honest. <laughs> I think my first Kevin Bacon movie was... Um, ugh. I don't want to say it's Hollow Man, because I know it's not. Um, potentially, that was, actually, that was actually pretty good, because you didn't see his face for half the movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it was... I think the first Kevin Bacon movie I ever saw all the way through was probably Wild Things. But oh, was, God. Yeah, I know, right? That's one of um, the worst ones of Kevin I, Bacon to see. I know. I know. I know. Um, God, now I'm trying to think of all the damn Kevin Bacon movies I've seen yeah. at this point. Uh, okay, no, no, no. I, I take it back. The first one I ever saw him in was... Um, Really, the only big blockbuster Thanksgiving movie we've ever had. Oh God, yes, he does that bit part in Planes, <laughs> Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah, huh? That was the first one oh. um, that I ever saw. I uh, just want to make sure. End uh, of the line. Planes, Trains, Automobiles. She's having a baby. I believe I saw in '91. He said, she said, but I don't remember it too well. Um, the next one after, actually, wow, the next three after, uh, uh, Planes, Trains, um, uh, A Few Good Men, The Air Up There, and The River Wild. I saw all those damn movies, sadly. Yeah. Um, well, A a Few Good Men is good, but. Yeah. um, Everybody else in that does a wonderful Um, job. Kevin Bacon is just kind of (laughs) there. Uh, and coming up next year in 2015, uh, it will be the 20th anniversary of Apollo 13. I have never seen that movie all the way through either. <laughs> Jesus, seriously? I, I didn't, uh, yeah, God, I, I feel know. old. 
<laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. He's um, yeah. So, um, but '84. Uh, what other movies do we want to? Uh, we got. We, I, we we cannot do this and not talk about uh, Mr. Ackwell Foley. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. Uh, we have to talk a little uh, bit about Beverly Hills Cop. Oh my God. <laughs> That movie, oh, uh, that friggin' movie! I love that friggin' movie. Oh, um, it's, it's one of my favorites. You know, it's like I. Part of it was that I never really saw it. I didn't see it in, until like well after the third one. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason for that is that my parents. Seriously? Well, let me explain. My parents didn't want me to see it because they thought that Eddie Murphy was too dirty. So, oh. yeah. He's tame in those movies compared to Eddie Murphy Raw. And that's well that's why my parents had seen Raw on HBO so they're like no 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 you're not going to see Beverly Hills Cop cuz it's too it's too bad. Despite the fact that my mother owned it on VHS, she would never let me watch it. <laughs> so uh, you're telling me you did not see Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2 until 1994? Well no, I saw I saw Beverly Hills Cop 2. Okay. Before I saw Beverly Hills Cop three, and that the reason I saw that was because it was on HBO, you mm-hmm. know, one of these late nights, and they had gone off to go somewhere, and I was up, I was up and going, "Hey, is there anything good on?" Oh, damn, no tits. Well, Beverly Hills Cop <laughs> two is good enough. <laughs> oh man, with um, with Beverly Hills Cop one and two, I know, I know two came out in eighty seven, and we're here talking about eighty four, but. Those two movies used two of the best songs of all time when it oh, comes yeah. to the 80s. They had this one. I know I know this one. I can't think of it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay, so... This is The Heat Is On by Glenn Fry. It was in Beverly Hills Cop 1. Mm-hmm. When the second movie came out, they went to another 80s rocker in this guy. You don't know it, do you? No, I, I'm I'm thinking Kenny Loggins, and I know that's no! not right. No, 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 no. I, I I know that's not right. This isn't Huey Lewis, is it? Uh-uh. That was Mr. Main Street himself, oh, Bob Seger. Jesus, now <laughs> I feel down. stupid. <laughs> Good old shakedown. Gotta love the shakedown. Oh, yeah. uh, but Be- Beverly Hills Cop uh, has it's still 30 years, uh, you know, damn films, 30 years old. It still has one of the best comedic cop lines ever. But I in a tailpipe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I love some of that. And of course, I, I can't for life from life of my me remember his name, the character's name, but Judge Reinhold's character. Oh, that's uh, Billy Rosewood. Thank you. With all the damn guns. <laughs> well, that was the second one. 
in the in in the second movie. In in the yeah. first movie, he was kind of tame uh, for the most part. I mean, yeah. he wanted to be reckless, but he really wasn't in the yeah. first movie. By the second movie, he was basically Rambo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, and I think everybody was just kind of thinking of Tackleberry from Police Academy, and that's kind of why that came out. So, oh my god, uh, I I have to touch on one more film here for us before we before we go and talk about like TV shows and all that. Okay. One of my favorites, and it, it was really kind of interesting with this. Starred, well, he came back later in the in the nineties. Special Agent Cooper was in the movie Dune. And I'm sure you're going, who the hell is this? What is this? This film had Sting. It had, oh God, it was so good. It, it was it was definitely a world epic type thing. And they had spice that was going through. Everybody had to get the spice. The spice must flow. You had Arrakis that had the Kwisatz uh, Haderach, if I can say it correctly. Uh, Kyle MacLachlan was in this film and just did a wonderful job. They had a floating baron. Uh, they they had giant sandworms that were actually creating the spice. Uh, just all sorts of cool stuff with this. And I love this film. My dad, he took me to see this film in the theaters when it came out. And both of us, I was kind of bored, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch it. And I remember being terrified when these sandworms would pop up out of the sand and they'd have their three mouths it looked like something out of tremors now you know if you were to see tremors but this mm -hmm. this was just incredible and they did a remake several what probably on like 20 <laughs> years ago you know 15 mm -hmm. years ago sci-fi channel did a remake of it it was okay they did like a like a four-part miniseries to pull it all together because really this movie is just it's so long and there's so much based on the book by frank herbert it, mm -hmm. it, they couldn't fit it all in properly when they did it. If they did it, it's just like a two hour movie. And so yeah. they, they did an okay job, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't, like I said, you know, comic Lachlan and, and staying in there. It just didn't have the same panache, but I have to mention it. Cause again, it's one of my dad's favorite films. So. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So let's talk about some TV, some events that happened in 1984. January 9th, 1984, Wendy's Fluffy Bun advertisement is first broadcast, which gains Clara Peller in her Where's the Beef catchphrase national fame. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, let's see here. Um, professional wrestler Hulk Hogan defeats the Iron Sheik to win his first World Wrestling Federation Championship at Madison Square Garden. The match is televised by the MSG Network. Wow. Michael Jackson, when he was still black's hair catches on fire during the filming of a Pepsi commercial. He also that year was uh, was in a Pepsi commercial with um, Carlton from Fresh Prince. Yeah, yeah. Alfonso Ribeiro. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, CBS tapes January uh, May nineteenth. CBS tapes the Michael Larson episodes of Fresh Your Luck, in which Larson wins one hundred ten thousand two hundred thirty seven dollars cash in prizes. Yes, the episodes which are split into two parts would air on June eighth and eleventh. Uh, let's see what else here. Game show Jeopardy returns to television by daily syndication with new host Alex Trebek. Mm -hmm. He's getting ready to retire in twenty sixteen. What? So Yep. They better just 
retired Jeopardy altogether. I, I know. They better not it, get a new host. It won't be the same. I mean, they've gone through three hosts already for it. Alex Trebek is the third well, one so far, but... Alex is the... I, I, I don't remember Jeopardy from the 60s at all. Obviously, yeah. you know, I wasn't, you know... They re-ran Batman in the 80s, so I know, you know, Adam West Batman, but Jesus Christ, anyone re-running 60s Jeopardy, they're they're crazy. Yeah. But um, they better just retire Jeopardy altogether, because don't get me wrong, I think it's kind of cool that Drew Carey is now on Price is Right, still there's nobody better than Bob Barker. Um, with uh, Let's Make a Deal, it's Wayne Brady, um, but Jeopardy specifically... Um, he uh, 30 years he's been doing that and yeah it just it's not going to be the same show without him it no. really really isn't uh, i i have to bring up too with commercials and television and whatnot we have to talk about 1984 mhm okay i i know there are a lot of people out there that hate the hate the macintosh hate apple <laughs> But this is probably the most well-known commercial of all time. In it, they show this this Russian blonde woman running through. It's basically, you see 1984 all over. Everybody, you see a big screen. Big Brother is talking and saying, Big Brother's watching. And you see all these people sitting around in chairs. And she comes running in and throws a hammer at the screen and shatters the screen. Mm-hmm. All so that they can unveil the Macintosh computer. And this was all a Super Bowl ad that had happened. Uh, again, probably the best well-known ad of all time. And this ad made Apple. They, it, this was a make or break moment. And Steve Jobs bet everything. He bet the farm on this commercial. Oh yeah. And you know, love them or hate them. Like I said, look where they are now. Yep. Um, just briefly. Um, so I can look at what, Okay, this was last year. Wow. The story I found for Alex Trebek was May 9th of last year from New York Daily News. It says, um, he's quoted as saying, I'm not going to go on forever, Trebek said. There's a time for all things, and my time may be coming. Uh, The 72-year-old game show mainstay addressed rumors that Anderson Cooper or Matt Lauer might fill his shoes after he leaves. Any of them could do it, he said. It's just a question of whether they would want to and enjoy it. Both men are a lot younger than I am, and it's a pretty static format, even though the guests and clues change, which keeps it exciting. I'm sorry. If Matt Lauer becomes the new host of Jeopardy, that show's ratings will go down. Yeah. Just considerably. Um, yeah. You know, I, just, oh my God, Matt friggin' Lauer, give me a break. Yeah. It'd be better if they brought Regis out of, you know, dusted him off out of retirement. <laughs> Could you imagine Regis Philbin doing Jeopardy? Oh, my God. Oh, good Lord. But at this point, Alex Trebek is the Peter Cullen <laughs> to two game shows. Yeah. You know, basically, you know, we, you know, we always throw this joke around. Oh, Peter Cullen, just put him on ice and we'll use his voice forever. Yeah. And Alex is the same way. It's like, okay, who really honestly remembers wheel of fortune before pat and vanna yeah there it was around and i remember rolf banerska <laughs> being a kicker rolf banerska kicking off and being on wheel of fortune and he was basically doing like the daytime episodes um 
he did it for a while. He was, he was a Chargers um, place kicker. Not anywhere near as good as Pat Sajak. And, and, um, <laughs> the only reason he was doing that was because Pat Sajak decided that he was going to try and become a talk show host that was running on CBS, which I think lasted all of about six episodes. Right. And then they went from that guy to before Pat came on, it was um, Mr. Love Connection himself, Chuck Woolery. Yes. Um, but um, so let's see other moments in TV here. Um, I, I We have to bring it up because I know that there are a lot of people. This is kind of controversial right now because of everything that's happened with Mr. Cosby. But. Oh, yes. I, I just until it until he releases a statement himself about whatever. Yeah. I, I prefer not to believe you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just from a credible source, and I do not count E Online, TMZ. Uh, I don't count any of the entertainment magazines as credible sources. If it comes from something like the Chicago Tribune, the L.A. Times, yeah, uh, the what's the 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 New York Times, anything yeah. else is just gossip. And that's exactly what most of these things are: is that they're. They they know that they're gossip TV and there's they're what's what popular, you know it's it's horrible, but love them or hate them, America tuned in on September twentieth, nineteen eighty four, to see the Huxtable family in Brooklyn. Yep, and it ran from eighty four through ninety two, had the spinoff of Different World in eighty seven. Uh, you know, I mean, you always see Cliff Huxtable running around in a sweater. Uh, and of course, it had Grandpa Grandpa Huxtable, <laughs> who many of us remember as being the voice of Panthro from Thundercats. <laughs> Not a lot of people. When I point that out to people, they're like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. <laughs> but if you listen to it, if you watched an episode of Cosby and then you watched an episode of Thundercats with Panthro in it, you mm-hmm. can tell. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, there are several things with the Cosby Show that I absolutely love. The Cosby Show taught me how to do Halloween trick-or-treating properly. You take a purple bag and you take a red bag. The purple bag is for the houses you do know. The red bag is the red bag is for the houses that you don't know the people from. Because this way, and I honestly think Cliff and the writers and everybody else, I think they set this up this way so the adults can get candy. Yep. Basically, they give the kids, the bag from the people that they know, and they keep the other bag. <laughs> you know, there was that episode. Um, there was the episode where Peter, uh, Rudy's white friend, was scared to go to the dentist. I remember that episode because I always hated the dentist as a kid. Um, let me see here. Uh, when Raven Simone came on the scene, she was she stole that show. Because by yep. that time, Rudy was pretty much growing up i mean you know rudy as a young girl rudy huxtable slash um keisha knight pulliam as a young girl was the star of the cosby show pretty much when it comes to the kids oh yeah but by the time that she was growing up and got you know and they brought in raymond simone and and she was kind of you know olivia was the was the new rudy and obviously no one can you know make up for um, I, re- I remember one, one of the episodes, again, I don't remember the title, but I remember the episode where um, <laughs> uh, Rudy is in the closet with Claire and Claire's asking her how old she is. She goes, I am five. Yay, five. You know, 
that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. I absolutely remember that. There was one, I'll have to send you the clip to put in here somewhere, but there's one where the parents, Cliff and Claire, Felicia Rashad, um, oh God, I can't think of her other, I know her name is, it. it's, I don't know, whatever. But anyway, uh, Claire and Cliff, um, they have Sandra and Eldon back home. Oh, and they're God. talking about their future and going to law school and doing this and doing that. And and Eldon goes ahead and says, oh, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to start a wilderness store. And come to find out, Sandra is not going to go to law school either. She's going to help him at the wilderness store. It is hilarious what Claire's reaction is to the fact that her daughter is not going to be going to law school. It, I, like I said, I'll send you the clip. You can put it in the episode, and oh my god, it is so fucking funny. It oh, I, really, really is. I'm tempted to put the line that he had in there, where he's talking to one of the girl's boyfriends, and then he's talking about them going out on a date, and he's using two pieces of fruit, <laughs> yeah, the apples, and he's like, "Did you do this? Were you on? Were you sit like this in the car?" And he's got one apple sitting on top of the other. Oh, no, no, no. And the kid describes it. He's holding them two together and he puts them right next to each other. And he goes, no, we kind of did this. And he made like touching and running away to the other sides. Uh And of course, what does Bill Cosby do? He picks up an apple and he goes, oh, you know, the apple. It's been causing trouble for everybody, for men since the beginning of time. And he takes a bite out of it. (laughs) Oh, got to love it. You know, I know. um, I know this is actually going further back in time but um i believe it oh wow that's wait that's the wrong numbers i believe it was yeah i i think his bill cosby himself um his um one of his albums one of his self-titled comedy albums um uh, i believe it came out in i could be wrong i'm gonna have to look it up i believe it came out in 69 45 years old and it just um, let's see because we uh, where is I know he had a bunch of albums like Wonderfulness and yeah uh, Inside the Mind of Bill Cosby mm-hmm. 200 miles an hour I mean he had a bunch of stuff and I used to listen to that stuff when I was a kid I loved it see I could have sworn that was in 69 I could be wrong um, no that was uh, uh, his album uh, Bill Cosby himself. Um, oh no, I know what it was. It was the best of Bill Cosby. Um, let me see here. The best of Bill, Co- yeah, the best of Bill Cosby did come out in 1969. So that was 45 years ago. Good All right, God. the best of Bill Cosby has uh, Noah Wright, Noah and the Neighbor, Noah Me and You, Lord, Revenge, The Lone Ranger, Old Weird Harold, Driving in San Francisco, The Apple, <laughs> <laughs> Minute and 43. Um, uh, section uh, Babies, The Water Bottle, Street Football, and Fat Albert slash Buck Buck. Anyone that saw TMNT this year, Buck Buck, the first time I ever heard about it, came from Best of Bill Cosby. Yes. I was so shocked to see that in there. I was like, oh my god, they know what Buck Buck is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the the album original LP cassette released. Um, uh, uh, let's see. Um, oh, 
see that see it's so weird now that the the disc on like the, the the digital mp3 on itunes it has the 12 tracks but it the cassette when the cassette was released they had the longer side on the side one uh, and so they basically it starts side one starts with driving in San Francisco ends with Fat Albert slash Buck Buck and then side two begins with Noah and ends with Old Red Harold. Yes, um, I prefer that track listing to the CD listing because it's just it's just the way I've always listened to it. Yeah, um, and I, I know I'm, I'm stepping out here a little bit, but if you think about it, with me bringing up uh, best of uh, best of Bill Cosby, that also means that. Um, Woodstock is 45 years old this year. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, Scary thoughts. Scary yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, I Now, you, you kind of mentioned it, so let's delve into it. Mm-hmm. We, we have to talk a little bit about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, this was the birth, the very first TMNT comic book, it went on sale in 84. We first got a chance to see pizza-eating, crime-fighting ninjas uh, who were the birth, you know, they they were birthed to the minds of Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman. And I'm still shocked about this. They kind of came up with this whole concept of the Turtles by basically kind of going, you know what, let's, they, it was a joke. They they figured, oh, well, we're going to write this film or we're going to write this book. And it was, What's slow? What's slow moving? What could possibly be mish, mashed up with something so slow moving? Oh, let's make a ninja and a turtle. We'll mash them up together, and that's <laughs> kind of what birthed the whole thing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And they were, you know, the fact that they were relying on mail order to sell their comic book. They had multiple issues, multiple editions of the first ep- uh, first one. You know, first I want to say first through fifteen, they had like six or seven editions of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I just couldn't believe it, how well that went. And then you had more issues that were created in 85. You had the cartoon, the movies, the video games, uh, TMNT pizza that came out. I mean, I mean, it's just exploded. <laughs> you know, you look- I need, I need to send you, um, if I can find it. <laughs> I need to send you coming out of their shells. And I'm not talking about oh. the tour. I'm talking about the album. Yes. <laughs> I um, I had it on cassette because they had it as a promotion mm-hmm. once, uh, one year from Pizza Hut. And my mm-hmm. parents bought it for me. And then shortly after they came out with that cassette tape, they came out with the tour. And I was just like, oh, God. One of the only, one of the two franchises in 84 to have tours. This had a tour, and Voltron had a live action tour. It you didn't. Know, it wasn't. It wasn't set to music or anything else like that. But it did have a tour. Um, but Turtles, Turtles has been going strong for thirty years, and there's no stopping it. And with, um, the, with the re-releases here of, um, you know, with it being re-released on Nickelodeon here last year, mm-hmm. and just it's blown up all over well, again. Well, Nickelodeon bought the rights to it, so they own the property at this point. And I'm so glad. I mean, they're doing so well with it. They're pulling lots of things out and bringing people, bringing people on and bringing characters, introducing new characters. And they're doing such a good job. They're giving us a little bit of the homage to the original 
while still making it a brand new story, which I'm really glad for. They're doing such a good job with this. It's not turning into the Cartoon Network Thundercats that was good and then, oh, we're going to kill it. There's a big difference, though, in that. This is Nickelodeon. How long has been Nickelodeon running SpongeBob? Very true. You know, I mean... uh, you know, it's it's just one of those things where um, the turtles. Okay, so me personally, I was too young and I never got into the comics, the Mirage comics. I oh. I've never read any of them. I I know that's going to be sacrilege for a lot of people, but my entry into uh, the um, the turtles was the '87 series. Uh, say what you will, but Uncle Phil makes a Goddamn good shredder. Oh, yes. And I'm still still proud of the fact that I met the man once. It was for a flash-in-the-pan thing. He came into the store where I was working and was looking for sports chalet. Mm-hmm. And I directed him, and I and he knew I recognized him because I saw him, and I just started to smile, and I go, oh, yeah, you want to go this way here? And Very nice man, but I couldn't believe how tall Uncle Phil was. Yeah, Uncle <laughs> no. Phil was amazing. You have... Cam Clark, Barry Gordon, uh, Townsend Coleman, and Rob Paulson as the Turtles. You have Peter Renaday as Master Splinter. You have uh, Renee Jacobs as uh, April O'Neil. And I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I have interviewed Pat Fraley once. I have interviewed Rob Paulson twice. <laughs> um Lucky I would, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to send you those links so you can put it in the post. But uh, oh, you bet. Um, you know, uh, it's just one of those things where, um, you know, the cartoon was the entrance, and then the toys. The toys in eighty when the toys came out in eighty eight. I remember now the, the turtles toys where I lived in Massachusetts. See, I don't remember even. Uh, you know, I, I don't remember a Walmart or a came like I remember toy stores and not just Toys R Us. I remember actual friggin' toys like there's a place called Child World that was a, a toy store in, in one of the malls where I lived. Um, you know, I don't think I could be wrong. I don't think there was a KB, but I, I would have remembered that. But I don't remember Walmart and Target and. Possibly Kmart. We went to a place called um, called Benny's. It, it it's kind of like um, oh god, think of those, think of Woolworths, but okay. on a much smaller scale. Um, we went to Benny's, this little store called Benny's, and uh, that's where I found all the turtles that I had, you know, all the, all the turtles toys and that kind of thing. So, but the toys exploded. Uh, they had a deal with Burger King for VHS tapes, like you see with you know McDonald's and Burger King now. Like, hey, you know, we have Muppets glasses, we have Charlie Brown glasses, we have this, you know, that you know that kind of thing. Um, and then as time wore on, I think I grew out, and I I I really hate that I'm saying this, but Turtles wasn't like Transformers for me. Turtles was different. It was well. The reason why I say that is because Transformers in '87 it pretty much just kind of ended, 
and because it ended with Rebirth, and I didn't even remember seeing Rebirth at the time in '87. Yeah. Um, but and we'll talk about Transformers here in a little bit. But it was one of those things where I. I specifically remember stopping watching Transformers because it wasn't on anymore. With Turtles, yeah. Turtles ran for almost 10 years. It ran from 87 to 96. Um, there are 10 total seasons for Turtles. There is a, at this point, much hard to get um, a complete series collection that came out uh, two years ago with all 10 seasons in it. That's the one that looks like a turtle van? Yep. Thank you for saying the proper term, because I don't care what anyone says. It is not the mother party wagon. No, no, it is not the party wagon. It it. is the turtle van. God damn it. (laughs) I remember that Um, and the turtle blimp. (laughs) Yep. Oh, God, I had I had them both. I had the turtle blimp and the turtle van. I hate Uh, you. Well, just because I had the turtle blimp doesn't mean the blimp part actually survived oh yeah <laughs> i don't think I, I think there may be seven to ten people in the entire united states that actually have an intact turtle blimp part yeah uh you know not a, I mean, those things did not last all that long mm. um so for me I, I think what it was was after 91 92 93 i just kind of stopped watching turtles I, you know by that time i was into say by the bell and that kind of stuff and i was into more like live action television than cartoons i know that's sacrilege i mean you know yeah. obviously you know x men was still on in 92 93 94 95 and then whatever but um but with turtles i you know from 87 to 91 is really the time that i was into the Turtles cartoon series. Um, and I still love the toys. Hell, I still had. I, I don't think I have them now. Uh, you know, my mom carried around for 20-plus years my original Castle Skull and several of my old, old action figures as a kid. And um, a couple of years ago, sadly, Castle Grayskull, um, there was a bug infestation in it and it did not survive. Um, yeah, it sucks. Um, but, um, the two turtles I remember always having from the toy line was Leo and Donnie. I always had the two of them. I don't know why. Um, they were pretty much when I found them, when my mom moved down here the first time, uh, in 2010, I think that was, or 20, 2000, no, she moved, first moved down here to Kentucky in 2006. When she moved, first moved down here, she brought, you know, pretty much all of her stuff, which is including anything she had held for me or whatever else. And Leo and Donnie were pretty much, um, uh, all the paint was kind of worn off. I mean, you could still see the shell, you could still see their bodies, but like they didn't have any of the belts, they didn't have any of the weapons. Uh, The only way you could tell them apart is the fact that one is purple bandana, the other one has a blue one. Um, but I mean, you know, those toys lasted for X number of years. Um, when I came back to the Turtles franchise was 2003, almost 11 years ago now. And they had the 2003 cartoon series. This one, you know, is actually pretty goddamn good. And, and um, I have never seen it. I, it it's oh not my the- God. Do you get Nicktoons? I, you know, I might Red actually. Cable, do you? I I might get it through. I, I'll have to look to see if it's on Netflix or if it's on Hulu Plus no, or something it, like that. I I know it's not on Netflix. I don't Damn. I don't know Plus. Um, but um, 
Nicktoons right now, as we're recording this, this past weekend, um, the weekend right after, basically Christmas week and the weekend, right before New Year's, um, they ran a lot of the Turtles uh, stuff. Um, they called it Throwback Turtles. Um, I'm looking at it on their website right now. Uh, these aren't... Um, these aren't in order, I don't think. I'm just trying to look here. Um, I will send you this link. I'm, but but again, I'm not sure if they have all of the uh, the episodes here. That's fine. I mean, as long as we got something um, to go with, I, I'm good. With oh that. yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> um, just from what I'm looking at here, I would suggest you. Uh, let me just refresh this. I would suggest you start with, um, let's see here, uh, Turtles in Space, part one, 25. I'm trying to see if this will let me actually go all the way. Okay, no, no, no. You can actually, with the link I'm going to send you, you can actually um, start at episode one. They have a um, total of 30... They have a total of 34 episodes on the Nicktoons website right now of the 2003 series. And I'm sure you could go onto YouTube and find it there because a lot of people in the past have put it up on YouTube. But I think this is so cool that finally we get to see the 2003 version of the car- 2003 cartoon series on television again. I've actually DVR'd close to 25 episodes Jeez. of this series. It's a really good series. It's not... Um, it's not the series we grew up with. It's not any of any of that. It's um, it, 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 uh, okay. I'm going to make a reference to it. Mm-hmm. Is it kind of like how we had the original Thundercats and and then we had the re the re release where it was kind of, of but not well. The turtles pretty much look the same. They don't sound okay. the same because you have different voice actors. Okay, right. You've got. Um, Okay, so the four turtles from the 2003 cartoon series. Uh, Leo is voiced by... Oh, Lord. I should have just went to IMDb. Um, uh, so, for voice actors, we have in this series... So, for voice actors, we have... Uh, Let's see. Gregory Abbey as Raphael. Sam Regal as Donatello. Uh, Darren Dunstan as Splinter. Mark Thompson as Casey Casey Jones. Veronica Taylor as April O'Neil. If that's the same Veronica Taylor, holy crap. I'm trying to see. Uh, uh, Come on. Yep. Uh, Ash Ketchum. Veronica Taylor is is the voice of April O'Neil in this series. Oh, good God! Um, <laughs> but it, it's it's a really really cool series. Um, you have Sean Schemmel in here as Constable Biggles. Uh, you have um, Scott Rayo as the Shredder. Um, it's a really really cool series. It's instead of what the 87 series focused on, which was, it focused on a main story, but for the most part, the 87 series eventually just became episodic. Right. Instead of it becoming episodic, the 2003 series 
has a strict continuity to it, which is really awesome that they did. Think of um, – have you seen the 2002 He-Man and the Masters of the Universe? Yes. Yes, I have. That that has a strict continuity. The TMNT 2003 series is along those lines of having a strict storyline from season to season instead of one-off adventures. So okay. think, think of it as an update in that way. Don't ever compare shit to Thundercast from 2011. Because Cartoon Network screwed that show. Yes. Um. It was, well, I mean, it was good because of the fact that they were trying to do a continuity and they were giving us a little bit of, of you know, a, a throwback to the original series. But it it could have been so good. Damn you, Cartoon Network. Yeah. Um, okay, so the other stuff with the Turtles. Um, like I said, I, I will highly... How many of the... Um, uh, of the actual comics, have you read in the past? You've read the Mirage Run, right? Uh, yes, I, I've only I, I've read the Mirage and I read the Archie series. I have I have okay. been wanting to get to the IDWs and I have some of them on Comicsology and I just haven't had a chance to read them yet. It's not that I don't want to. Believe right. me, folks, I want to read this series. I just have to find friggin' time. Okay, here here's the thing. Okay. IDW just announced, IDW Publishing just announced uh, their March solicitations this month, March 2015 solicitations. They are releasing a hardcover for their series, for their TMNT series. It collects the first 12 issues of the ongoing that's currently at issue 41. Um, But this series... um, as I'm trying to find it. Okay, here we go. I'm actually going to read this. I'm sorry to take this. Uh, okay, so, uh, so uh, let's see. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the IDW Collection, Volume 1, written by Tom Waltz, Kevin Eastman, Brian Lynch, Eric Burnham, etc., 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 art by Dan Duncan, Mateus Santaluco, Franco Uno, Andy Kuhn. Uh, IDW's relaunch of TMNT has been a hit with fans and critics alike. Now collect the series in an all-new oversized hardcovers that present the stories in recommended reading order. That is key. Collects the first 12 issues of the new ongoing series, plus Raphael, Michelangelo, Donatello, Leonardo, and Splinter micro-series one-shots spliced in between. Okay, so here's the thing. IDW, they did first four or five issues, five, six, seven, eight issues, whatever else. In between that, they did these micro-series one-shots where it focuses on a specific adventure with a character, but it's tied into the rest of the story. So you would have to basically, like like when you read it in in trade paperback form, you'd have to read one whole trade, go back, get the micro-series trade. These new hardcovers they're going to start doing, it is in exact order spliced in. So this is going to be the best way to read the IDW continuity of Turtles. Um, Oh, wow. The hardcover is it's fifty bucks, but it's a hardcover, and it's got um, twelve. It's got sixteen issues in it, and I'm sure it's got a whole bunch of other, you know, other special things that they're going to throw in there. Oh yeah, um, you know, fifty bucks for a hardcover with as much content as IDW is going to put into it. It's not that friggin' bad of a price. It really, really isn't. No, not if they're throwing all the all the uh, micro series in there as well. That <laughs> God. Yeah. Um. So for me, that's where I start. Like that's where I started my comic reading was IDW. I've done 
with my buddy Joe, uh, Joe Reed from Off the Cuff, and he does the uh, Geek Stuff Garage sale up there in, in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, I believe we've done 10-plus podcasts reviewing the entire series as we've read it. We're up to the current. We just released issues 39 and 40 review. Um, oh, my God. Uh, they did a Turtles in Time miniseries. Uh, they did, um, they've done a whole bunch of stuff and this series doesn't just, it isn't just one aspect of the history. It isn't just one thing from the TMNT history. It isn't just one version. It isn't just their version. These writers, uh, they take everything that they possibly can everything that nickelodeon will allow them to use they've used uh, <laughs> it's an entire love letter to the tmnt history the tmnt fans and everything it is you know don't get me wrong i'm sure the mirage stuff is great i just i just have never had any desire to go back and look at the mirage stuff so so don't get me wrong when i say that for me personally, IDW is the best because that's what I know. I mean, they yeah. took they took Casey Jones in a way that I they took Casey Jones and his dad in a way that I never thought that they would go. Um, they took um, um, they took Shredder and Krang in a way I never thought that it would go. Uh, they, they actually, <laughs> in the, um, Rocksteady and Bebop are here. It takes them a while to get into the series, but, um, when they get into the series, they have their names and they're like, shut up. They're styles of music, Rocksteady and Bebop. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's awesome. Uh, it really, really is. Also, with Turtles, we have the 2012 cartoon series, which is a never-ending awesome thing at this point. Um, surprisingly, season the complete second season is not on DVD yet, but yet season three, volume one, is coming on March 10th of next year. Um, I like the new Nick series. I think it's really cool. But... As season three progresses, I'm just kind of like, because they're they're at the point in the franchise story of that they have to leave New York. Every every piece of Turtle franchise, you know, there always has to be a point where they leave New York and go to Northampton, or they go somewhere, they go to somebody's farmhouse or something or other. They're at that point now in the Nickelodeon series and. It just, it's, they need to go back to New York. Let, let's hope that they do. I mean, it's, you know, it, I think they'll come around. I, I have not seen a whole lot. I know that they've had some changes with some of the voice actors and they've brought in some people to replace some others. And I'm kind of hesitant to, to try and pick it back up right at the moment, but. I'm still watching it. There, there hasn't been a new episode yet, but um, I'm sure it'll come in late January, early February, something like that. Oh, yeah. But. Well, let's let's take a spin off of 1984 here a bit. We're going to go well back. We're going to go to the early series. 
and we're going to talk about the birth of the giant robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had we had some we actually had some great robot series, and we had some not so great ones like Challenge of the Gobots. Uh, moving on from that, we also had Voltron, who everybody remembers with the five lions coming together to form the Blazing Sword and defeat the giant robots or uh, the Robeasts, excuse me. <laughs> and then, of course, we had the battle between the Autobots and the Decepticons, which is still going on today. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mike, I know that this is like your favorite series because your your Twitter handle at <laughs> TFG1Mike. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. I joined Twitter in 2008. I started my podcast in 2008. So my very first podcast was entitled the TFG1 Podcast. Um, originally, my Twitter handle was TFG1 Podcast, at TFG1 Podcast. Um, but obviously since then, I've changed it to TFG1 Mike. Uh, and that's just kind of been the the, the personality since then. Um, Generation 1 was awesome. The toys, the cartoon, everything about it was, was great. Um the cartoon, looking back on it, it has a few out of the ninety eight episodes it has probably ten or twenty or so that are not that great yeah um, <laughs> um but it's you know it's transformers it's it's the first we ever heard of Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime and Frank Welker as Megatron, of course, everybody at this point. Any four knows Frank Welker as Freddie Jones from Scooby Doo and um, many about, other things. Yeah, just about every single dog that you've ever heard, you know, barking on TV and commercials and whatnot, movies. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, this is Peter Cullen versus Frank Welker. This is Optimus versus Megatron. This is uh, Chris Collins, aka Chris Lada, as Starscream. This is Michael Bell as Prowl and Swoop and. You know, Greg Berger as as Grimlock. Oh God, the great the great Greg Berger. I got that interview too. <laughs> I've met him. I have not interviewed him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Uh, you know, uh, but G one was amazing. It really the the, the cartoon was awesome. Because it puts you – I don't care what anybody says. Spike Witwicky as a child and, and as an adult in the Transformers Generation 1 continuity, it, it was pretty awesome because it kind of puts you on the main line of, hey, this is, you know, this is, you know, from – in those first five or six episodes, Spike writes in his little journal and talks about going to Cybertron and whatever else. Yeah. Um, you know, so it kind of puts you in a perspective of, hey, this is a dad, this is a kid and his dad having to hang out with these giant robots. Um, um. Yeah, I, I mean, some of the stuff they did, just battling over the planet to try and get the Energon cubes. It's, I, I love this series growing up, and I remember being so pissed off when they brought out the movie. I love the movie, don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I remember being so pissed off at finding out that Optimus Prime died. Yep. And that was like the crushing blow to me as a kid was, <gasps> you killed Optimus Prime. 
And then they have Ultra Magnus, who I always thought was like this major ass wuss because he's trying to undo, you know, the the orb or whatever it was. I forget what it Matrix. The Matrix. Or, thank you. you. I'm no. like shit. What is it? <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, seeing that, and then of course having Ronimus Prime pop up. Oh boy, here we go. Uh, it was okay. Here we go. I, I, I liked it, but I was pissed off that Ronimus Prime, that Optimus Prime died, and that they brought in this other character to be the leader of the Autobots. That's it. That's all mm-hmm. I'm going to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> I know. I know. You're about ready to go off on me. <laughs> Oh crap! No, I'm I'm a little distracted at this point. Um, you know, season three wasn't its best season. I will say that personally, you know, no offense to Spock, but personally, I prefer the season three Frank Welker version of Galvatron's voice than I did Leonard Nimoy in the movie. I mean, in the movie, it works yeah. great; it's fine. But in the actual cartoon series, after the fact, um, I prefer the Frank Welker voice. Um, yeah, I, I think there are too many people going, what the hell is Spock doing on screen, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was good, but it just wasn't... It wasn't Frank Welker! Come yeah. on! <laughs> uh, but yeah, I you know, I love the Transformers. It was probably one of my favorite shows growing up, and I remember watching it. I used to watch it on KCOP, which was... It, it, it ended up becoming UPN Networks out here. It was... Uh, based out of Los Angeles, that mm-hmm. was where I used to watch. I used to watch that. I used to watch things like Beverly Hills Teens. You know, God, God help me for that. Um, <laughs> you know, I that was that was the cartoon channel that you'd watch in the mornings because they would show all these syndicated shows. They they would show all this stuff, and that was what you'd watch all this stuff on. And then mm-hmm. it just disappeared, unfortunately, and it went away. Yeah. And I don't remember ever seeing. I remember that they brought back and they were they were bringing back Optimus Prime, and I remember seeing that they were going to have this whole five part episode that was supposed to last a week, and I saw that, and then I never saw it again. And they were supposed to have like uh, the Generation Two Headmasters and Generation Three and Beast Wars and all that. I wanted to see it, and it just was never on when I was available to go because watch it because I had to go to school. Yeah. So. I remember G1 being on in the morning, um, and then eventually it, it was on in the afternoon. Um, you know, so so there is that. Um, it was just, it was, oh, there was something about it. It was just so damn good. Oh, ab- absolutely. So I think we'll go ahead and close out the show here. Uh We've got so much here that we we wanted to talk about, and we just kind of ran out of time, and unfortunately, yeah. and there's there's a lot more that we can cover. There's a lot of shows that we can pull out of this that we're going to talk about. I do want to kind of touch base since this is our our end of the year show. Kind of give everybody a, a look ahead as to what's going to be coming up in 2015. Uh, obviously, we have some big things. <laughs> We are going to have... We have some Bond things, is what you mean to say, I believe. (laughs) 007. We will have, for January, we will have the James Bond January. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will be reviewing things like Goldeneye, Die Another Day. Tomorrow Never Dies. World is Not Enough. Yes, I actually just found... I'm so ashamed of this. I have a copy of Tomorrow Never Dies. I found it on my DVD rack. It was 
unopened until about two weeks ago. <sighs> okay, that okay. Has, that has Lois Lane in it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And I'm going to sit down and watch it all over again so I can have it for our episode. Uh, but we will be having we will be having a buddy of mine, Stephen Ring, join us for those episodes because he is a huge Bond freak. So we'll have him on here along with Mike. Well, uh, let's hope he and I can actually agree on something this time. It, it's Bond. He will agree with you. He thinks he's James <laughs> Bond. <laughs> okay. Yes, he ruined our whole concept of Die Hard in Christmas movies, but that's okay. He he's good with Bond. <laughs> uh, so we've got that coming up. Also, we will be going what sixty-five years into the future? Is it? I think. Um, well, it, it will be twenty fifteen next year, and we will be talking about things with hoverboards and oh, yeah, yeah, thirty, yeah, yeah. You know, we we are at the thirty-year mark, folks. We're supposed to have yes. hoverboards. We're supposed to have flying cars by now. Yes, and and damn it, Mattel, I want a real hoverboard. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that funky thing that we saw Tony Hawk gliding around on a metal half pipe on. I want a real fucking hot, you know, real fucking hoverboard. Give it to me. Oh, God. Nike's working on the lace up, the auto lace shoes. (laughs) We got to have that. We we already had Pepsi Max. (laughs) Yeah, nobody cares about Pepsi Max. Exactly. Oh, you know we, we've, we've got all that stuff so let's keep moving on i just pray that we don't ever have max spielberg starting to direct movies uh so we we will have back to the future coming up uh god there's gonna be so much we've we've got i, I know we've got a bunch of things planned and you'll just kind of have to tune in and listen in see what you like tell us what you think tell us if you guys have something that you want us to talk about next year write in let us know you can reach us at my generation podcast at gmail.com <laughs> Uh, you can leave us feedback on iTunes. Uh, Mike, I know that you've got a bunch of things that you want to cover here for GeekCast oh, Radio. Um, we're putting this up New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, right? Yes. Okay. Um, we are currently in our finals voting for the GCRN Wars video game character tournament. Um, as of this recording, I don't know who's going to be in the finals, but head on over to GeekCast Radio, look for that. Um, and that's going on. Um, I will be bringing back our TV show podcast, our current TV show podcast, Remote Control, next year. Uh, the Pullback, our comic show, has got a whole bunch of stuff. We're also doing the second annual GCR and Awards, the nominations, or the, what does it say here? Um, damn. What the hell does it say? Oh, I don't know. No, I, I don't know what it is. Um, over here it says, uh, let's see. God damn it, you'll have to do more editing. Uh, submissions begin January 1st, 2015 for the second annual GCRN Awards. So just go to geekcastradio.com on the top of the, the, as soon as you open the page, as soon as you hit geekcastradio.com and hit enter, you'll see a like a bronze-like banner that says second annual GCRN Awards right under the Wars Tournament banner. And it says, right now it says submissions uh, details soon. Uh, so by January 1st, head over there. Um, now, our second annual GCR Awards are for, like, tw- best of 24, best and worst of 2014, like TV, movies, comics, video games, that kind of thing. So, um, so just head on over there and check that out. Uh, and that's, that's pretty much what's going on at this point. 
All right. Well, we'll go ahead and sign off, folks. Thank you for listening. You guys have a great 2015, and thank you for listening throughout 2014. It certainly is a big bun. It's a very big bun. Big, fluffy bun. It's a very big, fluffy bun. Where's the beef? Some hamburger places give you a lot less beef on a lot of bun. Where's the beef? At Wendy's, we serve a hamburger we modestly call a single. And Wendy's single has more beef than the Whopper or Big Mac. At Wendy's, you get more beef and less bun. Hey, where's the beef? I don't think there's anybody back there. You want something better. You're Wendy's kind of people. Apple Computer will introduce Macintosh, and you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984.